free beer? Let me tell you how at the end of this spot. From Alter Genius Brewing Company, it has everything for a true craft brewery experience. Try their brilliantly crafted brews, creative house cocktails, cider from a few bad apples, and a full kitchen with a spectacular array of tasty dishes at their brewery in Ambridge. Or try their new trailside tap room on the Montour Trail in Imperial that's sure to have something for everyone with 20-plus different craft beers, ciders, and cocktails. Treat yourself to a brilliantly crafted brew at Alter Genius Brewing Company and tell them Tim Ben sent you for a small pour on the house. Barber school? Do you hate your job? Looking for a change? The Barber School of Pittsburgh may have your cure. Locations on Banksville Road and Monroeville. Day and night classes available and rolling now at bsp.edu. Get your degree in as little as nine months. Financial aid available. Now accepting veterans benefits. Barber School. Yes, Google Barber School of Pittsburgh. bsp.edu. bsp.edu. Again, bsp.edu. Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Shut up and sit down. Time now for our weekly baseball podcast with Kevin Gorman of Trib Live. He's our Pirates beat writer covering the Buckos. Read his work every day. At Trib Sports Online, Tim Benz with you, brought to you by the Fans First Network. It's Breakfast with Benz, and lots going on with the Pirates. Perhaps this week, as much interest with some storylines not directly associated with the big league team itself, some off-the-field things, uh, things surrounding former players and potentially future players too, like, for instance, Paul Skeens, who was shut down uh, after a few brief, quick outings uh, in A-ball and double A-ball. Kevin, let's start there. Why did the Pirates make the decision to have Skeens stop his return to the mound with uh, at least, what, one or two opportunities left to go before that could have happened? Well, you know, the Pirates and Paul Skeens have both said that it, you know, one had nothing to do with the other, but I don't think it was a coincidence that he was on Monday night's broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet as a guest and, uh, and mentioned, the, you know, the feeling of being tired. And, you know, that, that, that's been the big adjustment to the majors is, you know, having to pitch every five or six days as opposed to once a week when he was the Friday night starter for LSU. Um, you know, this is a guy who pitched 122 and two-thirds innings for LSU on that championship run to the College World Series title, you know, then was shut down for six weeks with no game competition. 
still through some bullpen sessions, kept his arm loose, but, you know, was not performing in games. And then all of a sudden having to ramp back up into game competition, I can see how, you know, the guy might experiencing be experiencing a little bit of fatigue. Um, you know, there were some scouts that told me that they wouldn't have had Skeens pitch at all this season, given the workload that he carried for LSU this year. Uh, but, you know, the Pirates wanted to see what they had. And I think it's one of those things where not only did they want to see what they had, they they wanted to see him have different eyes over different levels, see him. And um, they wanted to see, you know, more than the two-pitch mix that he relied on at LSU. They, they knew there was a lot more to this guy's repertoire and that, you know, there, there was a curveball there. There's a change up there. And, um, and that, you know, they kind of introduced a two-seamer, which is something he hadn't thrown much, uh, but did so effectively for the Pirates. So, I think you, you you hear those words as as a you know Pirates baseball operations and some alarms go off and think why risk our nine point two million dollar investment that we made where this guy could potentially have if fatigue is an issue that could affect his delivery that could affect his arm you know and, and why wait until there are arm symptoms that you know could be something that be you know a greater long term risk so I, I think you know ideally they would have liked to have thrown. A maximum of 20 innings. Uh, I think ideally for Pirates fans, they would have liked to have seen him make a stop in Indianapolis and a stop in Pittsburgh at the end of the season and, and then begin next year in the rotation. I don't really think that's realistic for how minor league baseball works in terms of how you develop players. I, I do expect to see him at, at PNC Park sometime next season, but it may not be to open the season with the Pirates. So, Kevin, you don't think he's actually injured right now? You think that this was an effort to potentially avoid injury? Well, I mean, according to Ben Charrington, he's not injured. He was asked that point blank, was this a health concern? And he said, no, not not at all. There's no injury issues. Um, you know, so, you know, Skeens, you know, apparently is fine. But I think the Pirates, you know, when, when you hear a guy talk about fatigue or being tired, I, I think it's just a matter of like, hey, the next thing we're going to hear about is soreness or tightness. And, and when you hear those words, you know, when, when it's a, you're dealing with a pitcher, especially a pitcher who throws, you know, very high velocity, those are, those are words that all of a sudden people stop and say, hey, what are we doing here? You know, this, is, this isn't worth the risk. So those eyes that were on him, what did they see? What, what I think they were most impressed by was the guy's conviction with his pitches, uh, with his work ethic in the weight room, in the bullpen sessions. Um, I, I think what, what they got to see that we hadn't really seen at LSU because this is a guy who was, you know, touching triple digits with regularity at LSU and has a wicked slider. They saw that, you know, he, you know, for what I talked to uh, Calix Krabby, the, the uh, Altoona manager, and he mentioned about seeing him throw the pitches in the strike zone with different shapes and different feel. Um, and, and so this is a guy who, you know, has some command and some conviction when he pitches. We also got to see the sinker and the changeup which are two pitches he didn't have to throw. And one of them, the changeup, a pitch he really couldn't throw because according to, you know, Calix, uh, uh, that he said, you know, his changeup, because of how high the velocity was in his four-seamer, his changeup is is basically bat speed level for college hitters. So give, giving the changeup would have made him more hittable. So that's something that he can use now for a little bit of deception in the major leagues as, as an off-speed pitch is to throw that changeup. So I, I think the Pirates got to see enough where Ben Charrington said he checked all the boxes, everything we want to know about him we got to see. Now it's just a matter of giving him the proper rest and getting him into a pitching program for the offseason so that next year he comes into spring training with a chance to uh, 
you know, to, to try to make the starting rotation, although it, it wouldn't shock me if the guy, you know, spent a little bit more time in the minor leagues before he's called up. I, I don't recall too many Pirates pitchers, uh, let alone players, who have made the jump that quickly to the major leagues uh, without spending some time in the minors. Kevin Gorman, Trib Live, covers the Pirates for us, our weekly baseball podcast here on Breakfast with Ben's. You surprised that Andy Haynes is coming back next year? Not at all. I, I, I think that's one of the things that the fan base sees a guy struggling and they immediately blame the hitting coach. And, you know, I, I don't think they give the hitting coach much credit for getting guys out of their slumps. You know, when, when these guys are like a Jack Sawinski takes two days off uh, after being in a real funk late in the season and then spends two days with Andy Haynes and says, hey, he helped me with some things. Uh, Brian Reynolds was complimentary of Andy Haynes as well for his offseason work that he did with him. He said he with him almost every day. And I said, you know, I asked Brian point blank, you know, do you feel like that had something to do with the hot start you had to the season? He said, how could you how could you not think that way? How could you not feel like the offseason works, you know, went right into the season with, you know, him being named National League Player of the Week in the opening week of the season when I think he had five home runs on the first nine games. So, you know, I, I think that people like to point the finger. They look they like to find a culprit when somebody is struggling. And a lot of times they point the finger at the coaching staff. Um, certainly Andy Haynes has his share of detractors. And, and, and certainly you want to see more consistency from guys like Reynolds, Haynes, uh, and Swinski, you know, the, the young guys that should be making up the heart of the order. Um, but I, I also think, I don't know how much, you know, you can judge after just two seasons. I, you know, I, I feel like the guy needs a third season. And if, and if you, if next year you see the same type of, you know, inconsistent play from your top hitters, certainly then you can say, okay, it's time for a change. Kevin, what's going on with the cable deal? For the Pirates, I was catching wind yesterday that the whole partnership with the Penguins might not be a done deal as of yet. They might not be wed to the idea of having Major League Baseball take over their broadcasts. What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, the, the, the Penguins, well, let's just put it this way. Uh, Fenway Sports Group had, you know, purchased AT&T Sportsnet, making, renaming it Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm that they had already had layoffs that people had already been told, you know, come October, your jobs are no longer here. Uh, and most of those people that were involved in that process of being laid off were people that were involved in the pirates broadcast. Um, so it, it appears now that there's a chance that there could be, you know, a partnership forming here between the pirates and FSG, uh, so that the sports network kind of remains status quo. And, and not to say that there won't be any layoffs, not to say that there won't be, some you know trimming the fat, uh, which is often ha- happens in these types of transactions, but that this one may be a little more seamless than we expected. I, I think there's some probably some pressure from MLB to have you know a deal that allows the Major League Baseball to do some live streaming of these games. Uh, but I also think the Pirates were in a position where they couldn't get shortchanged in this deal. You know there was there's already been talk that the Pirates um, you know could could have been facing. Uh, cost-cutting measures in terms of payroll, and, and I think it would be easy for the Pirates to do. I still think their payroll could end up uh, opening day next year could be less than it was this year, simply because of how many young guys they've brought up this season, and that they could be paying you know half or more than half of their team, uh, you know, minimum or, at, or near minimum salaries. But I also think they can't take the risk of getting shortchanged on their you know their cable TV deal and, and streaming just for the benefit of Major League Baseball. So it, it looks like there's a partnership that's brewing. 
um, and, and that it could happen sometime soon. I don't know if that deal will get closed today or this weekend even, but but I think there's a, a little more light at the tunnel than maybe there was at the beginning of the week. Well, yeah, it makes more sense, in my opinion, to go with the Penguins and FSG, um, especially if we knew right from Jump Street that they were only going to get 80% of the revenue that they otherwise would through the MLB deal. Um, if those reports- yeah, there was no guarantee they were getting eighty percent either. You know, I mean that that's right now part of even it. been eighty. Oh, okay. Well, even well, well. I mean, one of the things that I've read that is that um, that eighty percent offer was to any of the teams that were in the the Bally Sports or Diamond Sports Group. Um, that, that basically was kind of like a bailout. Is hey, we'll we'll take care of these teams. That might have been a one time deal this year. Uh, I'm not sure that ex- was extended to everybody. I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm not sure that the Pirates were included in that original. 80% deal. But well, well then, then what's been the hang-up then, Kevin? Cut. Yeah, what's, what's, what's been the, the hang-up then? Like, it seems so much easier to go with the Penguins. Why? What are they balking over even at this point if that deal is as lousy the, as it is? The only thing that I was told, Tim, was that the, the deal, the original offer by FSG to the Pirates was unacceptable, that the terms of the offer were unacceptable. That's as much as I know about it, but that's one of the things. When you hear a team – that is, you know, searching for a partnership here and saying, well, whatever you're offering is not acceptable. Uh, that, 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 you know, that maybe they were they were offered a, uh, you know, a, a, lo- a real lowball deal that they just couldn't accept. Uh, was know, it the lowball deal or was it the cost to start up the whole thing? Yeah, see, I don't know. I, I don't know the details of that part of it. Because uh, that's what I was know, hearing. I, I think, I think in, in this case, you know, everything is in place. You know, this, this is a rather seamless transition is that you have people – you know, from the from the equipment end, from the production end, and from the you know the on-air part of the package, you know everybody's in place. You don't have to go out and, and, and start up on this. You just have to basically have the money to acquire it. And and I just don't know how how that was going to work out. Uh, certainly, you know the thing about it is, you know F- FSG and you know Nesson have the the background to do this and and the you know the experience and the know-how. That's something that the Pirates have pretty much, you know, allowed their partnership with AT&T Sportsnet to control and dictate. So, you know, in some ways, even though the, the Nutting family is in the newspaper business, uh, they, they weren't in the television business. And so this is a little bit of new territory for them. But I, apparently they found some terms unacceptable. And uh, and that's, that's why the deal was kind of a non-starter at that point. Now it looks like, you know, there's a deal back on the table and a partnership that could be formed. Kevin Gorman with us. Covers the Pirates for Trib Live. Kevin, did Derek Cole groove a pitch to Giancarlo Stanton? What'd you think of that story that came out from New York after Stanton's 400th home run? For, for people who don't know, I wrote about it in First Call today. Uh, it's been all over the New York papers where Cole told, uh, I'm sure what he thought and I'm sure what New Yorkers took away from is a harmless story that, you know, back in 2013. They were goofing around in the outfield, and Stanton said, hey, I've been working on my swing. Do you mind just throwing me a good fastball down the middle so I can take it the other way in the game? And when Cole did it the next day, Stanton hit it about 450 feet into the fish uh, that was out in left center field (laughs) in Miami. And, you know, it sounds like a funny story, like a baseball lore kind of story, and I guess it is. But for Pirates fans, like 2013, that was a pennant race with the Cardinals for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to wonder first of all whether you take. And, and by the way, they lost. They lost the game three to two on the homer. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's why you have to wonder if, he, if that story. You know, if you take it at face value, which apparently Garrett Cole told it at face value, and not as just some joke. But you know, if he if he's saying it is like, oh well, you know, 
part of that story was that that Stanton hit a home run that gave Garrett Cole a victory, and and he's basically said, "Well, he owed me." We're one even now, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, if you're taking that at face value, boy, that that doesn't shine a very good light on Garrett Cole. And, and what worries me, and, you know, I, and I'm I don't talk to these guys enough to know off the record to know whether these stories are valid or not. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if somebody said something like that. Uh, it, it could be something as simple as Garrett Cole grooved him one. And, and Stanton said that and he just uh, blamed it on that, you know, that that conversation in the outfield. Uh, it, it could also be that, you know, here, here are some guys who maybe had a bet or friendly bet or something like that. Uh, you would hope that for Garrett Cole's sake, a guy who, you know, was the number one overall pick of the Major League Baseball draft and, and was, you know, supposed to be the franchise ace for the Pirates. You would hope for his sake and, and really for his legacy that that story is not true. You, you would hope so, because if it is true, it really shines a bad light on him, especially when you take into consideration the comments that he made when he left Pittsburgh after he was traded to Houston and said, boy, I really wanted to play for a team that really wants to win a championship, you know, that is going about it that way, because that really comes comes across as very hypocritical. If that is true on face value, that that a guy who blamed the team for not wanting to win cost them a game. You know, that, that, that's how I look at it is, boy, if, if we're taking this at face value, which I'm not sure how much to do so, boy, that, that really doesn't give Garrett Cole, does not put him in a very good light. Uh, I mean, certainly that's kind of revisionist history when you look back 10 years from now and say maybe that home run and maybe that loss cost the Pirates a division title and caused them to play in a wild card game. Uh, if we're talking about, was that the 2013 season? Yeah. I mean, they won the wild card game anyway, and so really didn't, didn't matter. You know, the, the Pirates ended up playing the Cardinals for the for the division, you know, in the divisional playoffs anyway. So it, it was it's kind of a moot point. But for someone to kind of make a light of that after they've criticized the organization for not wanting to win, that that, you know, kind of comes across to me as very hypocritical. I, I don't know if the story is true. I don't know how much validity there is to all this. Now that they're teammates, that might be something that they can just joke about as like, hey, we're Yankees now. That's all in the past. But certainly when you're a team like the Pirates, and you're in the small market, and you had that that window of opportunity to win, uh, to have somebody make light of it, uh, it, it certainly kind of feels like he's spitting in the face of the Pittsburgh Pirates and their fans. Last thing, Kevin, on the field, Pirates taking on Atlanta, um, and the Braves right now, I mean, they get 91 wins. They've got the most runs scored in the National League, second fewest runs allowed. You know, I was looking at this and saying, boy, this is going to be a huge series in terms of Who's the top seed in the National League? But you know what? They've got, what, a six-game advantage of the Dodgers already as it is. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta's by far the best team in baseball in terms of the way that, that roster is comprised. And the big difference between this this team and the team that won the World Series was, you remember that team, they were, they really didn't have that great of a record. They went out and made some deals at the trade deadline. This team has been outstanding from start to finish. Um, you know, you, you just hope that they don't deal with any uh, injuries that, you know, that could cost them a star player like they did when they lost to Cunha Jr. that year. I, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, the Pirates split with the, a four-game series with the Braves when they were in Pittsburgh. So I think it'll be interesting to see how this Pirates team, which has kind of proven to be a bit scrappy. You know, I, I wouldn't say that this is a, you know, playoff caliber team, even even if they had O'Neill Cruz and Vince Velasquez and JT Brubaker. I still don't think that's a team that would be would have, would have won the division. But I think it's a wildcard race at this point in the season, and, and that would have made things interesting. Um, you know, I, I think the big thing is how the Pirates kind of, you know, go about things post-Andrew McCutcheon. You know, this is a guy who's been a big focal point of their team this season, 
And, and it went through a period where he struggled in the middle of the summer. Um, but for to lose him for the remainder of the season, you know, you, you hope that it's not a, a more serious injury, a partial tear of his Achilles tendon. Uh, but kind of kind of the sad part is that he didn't get a chance to get home run 300 this season, which that would have been the final of his major career milestones that he had a chance to do this year. But uh, it'll be interesting to me to see how the Pirates use the designated hitter position to maybe rotate some guys through, keep them fresh for the, you know, the final 20 plus game stretch of the season, uh, because they've used, you know, uh, Brian Reynolds and Jack Swinski in that role. Uh, it wouldn't be surprised me if they used key Brian Hayes to give him a day off from the field. Now that Jared Triolo is back, uh, or even to use a guy like M- Miguel Andujar, who's been hitting the ball very well, but is kind of liability in the field. Kevin, thanks. We'll catch up again next week. All right, Tim, thanks for having me. Kevin Gorman covers the Pittsburgh Pirates at the Tribune Review. Read his work there. Listen to him weekly here at Breakfast with Ben's on the Fans First Network.